0: listening to the private citizen episode 88 for wednesday the 6th of october 2021 jamaican traffic lights hello everybody welcome to the show my name is fab i'm coming to you live from dusseldorf the capital of the federal state of north rhine westphalia in germany yeah where today we're gonna to talk about the federal election that happened while I was away I promised that I might as well just get it out of the way it's kind of topical uh, there was lots of coverage out of this outside of Germany so I thought um, we'll do that um, I'm gonna to have to explain because chances are you're not from Germany I'm gonna to have to explain our party our parliamentary system our parties so how the coalition works and work and everything so um you know if you're from Germany you might be you know... You might know all of this but you might learn something and if you're from outside of germany you know it helps to look over the fence once in a while um so let's 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 talk about how we do this stuff in germany um it's nice for you to be here i'm, I'm happy about that it's cool i'm happy to be back to regularly podcasting sorry for um running away there for a while actually maybe i should i should talk about what i did because i don't, don't think i did that beforehand so much but basically i spent uh yeah between like more than 2 weeks uh, in spain and i was uh, i was working actually uh pretty much in the morning um so i was in um near alicante uh, 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 uh you know a town called san John and uh, i spent i spent uh working in the morning i wrote stories did some other stuff and then in the afternoon i <laughs> walked to the beach and I uh, spent a lot of time at the Chiringuito. That's the Spanish word I learned, which is really cool. Chiringuito it's the beach bar. Um, yeah, and uh had some, had some beers, uh, went swimming. It was lovely down there. It was like 30 degrees. It was amazing. Um, yeah, and I also worked on my novel a little bit on the side. Um, so very, very cool. That was, I was very happy I got that opportunity to do that. But now I'm back. Um, and I'm uh, back home in Germany where it's getting cold. It's, getting, it's very rainy here uh but you know that's that's the way it goes and obviously while i was gone the federal election happened i mean i did vote uh, i voted by mail i've been doing this for like 20 years uh, anyway uh but you know um so that's the topic uh we're going to we're going to talk about in a little bit but before we get into that um another thing i wanted to mention there was something i came across yesterday which is basically this uh Facebook whistleblower issue. Um this this uh woman called Francis Frances Haugen. Uh she's like a whistleblower from Facebook and it's it's in the news. And I would have usually covered that in this episode because it's kind of topical. But uh, you know, I I thought the federal election thing was more important, so I wanted to get that out of the way. Um I will cover this uh France, Frances Haugen story. Um I plan to cover it soon, but if you don't want to wait because it's kind of a hot topic, I did wrote a newsletter about that today. Uh, I wrote an article about this in my newsletter, um, which is called Edge Runner Mag, Edge Runner Magazine, uh, at edgerunnermag.com. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. Private Citizen Press is the website you can go to if you, never, if you never listen to the show. That's where all the show notes are, and there's a lot of show notes usually. Um, Tinto Verano says, "Super user, it's the best." Um... I'm I'm guessing that's red wine. I mean vino tinto is red my Spanish is dude, I my Spanish is so bad. Anyway, so that was super user who's uh, coming in live on Twitch. I'm um, obviously usually um broadcast his live on Twitch while I'm recording. Um, where was I? I was going to drink some Earl Grey hot. Right, so um you can you can read that in the newsletter if you want it now, but I'm going to I'm going to cover it on the show. Um tinto de verano means just drink of the summer don't think it's wine-based. It's very sweet. Um, I drank a lot of uh, vermouth uh, while I was. I mean, I like vermouth, but usually in, like, cocktails. And it turns out the Spanish drink it, like, they have different vermouth as well. Um, you know, like the normal martini you would put in a, in a vodka martini or something like this. Um, and they just drink that with ice. Uh, I, I enjoyed that a lot. And the fucking ham. I mean, <laughs> ham down there jesus christ uh it's 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 divine or the food anyway um the food is is just amazing uh, i mean the, the tapas are just i mean i knew this i've been to spain before but i was just the problem is they start eating like very late like the restaurants open at nine in the afternoon i had to get used to that and now i'm on that rhythm so i'm like uh jamon is a hell of a drug yeah it is um so actually i lost like four kilos while it was down there. i have no idea how i did this i'm guessing i had about a 3.5 kilometer walk to the beach and it was very warm so i I walked that you know walked seven kilometers every day pretty much uh, with you know like a backpack and stuff so maybe maybe that helped um yeah the expectation is the, the siesta yeah they do the siesta thing which i can't do i can't do naps really um so if i'm gonna have a nap in the afternoon i'm just gonna be destroyed for the rest of the day i can't really do that. i need to power power through the days um like that's really not my thing um but anyway uh let's let's get into the topic we're here for uh let's talk about germany not spain <laughs> let's talk about the bundestag the bundestagswahl 2021 as we say in germany and you use the news bump for that because somehow it feels appropriate. But, you know, we're not going to start with news. Um, Before I get into this, I feel like I have to explain the quick, I'm going to do a quick explainer of the German parties, their colors. You know, they have all these specific colors that they used for, like in the poll charts, which that gets, that gives the coalitions uh, their names. Right, we have this very specific. We often always have a coalition government in Germany. It's not like the UK uh, or like in the US, um, and that that's why you kind of need to know the colors. What I'm not going to explain is how this election worked because it's very specific. There are two votes. There's like a, a countrywide vote and one for your local, and, and that both like um, involves like or. or that, that that changes the composition of the Bundestag. So the Bundestag is our parliament. Uh, the Reichstag is the building. Uh, the Bundestag uh, used to be called. The, it's, it's confusing. The parliament uh, under you know back back in Bismarck's day. So that's your uh, time to Bismarck. There uh, is about what is this uh, seven minutes or something? I don't know. Um, yeah, in, under Bismarck's day, the parliament was called the Reichstag. Uh, the building was called the Reichstag too. Now the buildings is only called Reichstag and the parliament's called the Bundestag because we don't have an empire, or Reich anymore. Um, yeah, so, um, but, like, it's a very specific voting system, but it really doesn't, like, I, it's very complicated and it doesn't really help you, like, to know that. We're just going to gloss over that and um, how exactly the seats are filled and how it all works. Basically, what we do in Germany is we vote um, for the party, Right, the party as a candidate, and the party that has generally the party that gets the most votes gets the most seats, and that party will that candidate will become chancellor. So, for the uh, SPD, uh, the Social Democratic Party, which has the most votes, this election uh, the candidate was Olaf Scholz, uh, my former mayor from Hamburg when I was living in Hamburg, um, and so. Um, if he manages to build a government coalition, then he will be chancellor. Now, Armin Laschet, who is the uh, the um, candidate for the uh, Conservatives (CDU), um, he could also become chancellor. But I'm I'm going to get into that later. But you know, that's really all you kind of need to know. Let's not worry about like how the specific votes work. I mean, I could talk about this. I actually study politics, um, but it's 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 confusing even to me, and it's it doesn't really help you. It doesn't even help you when you live in Germany, really. Like, you know, you just like, you get, it gets too tactical. There's like some theories, like with tactical voting, it, you know, it really doesn't, really doesn't, it really doesn't work. Um, so let's talk about the parties. So um, I'm going to go through these. This is kind of like the historical order uh, that came up, or, you know, that usually used to be like the, how, the, how they got their votes. Um, so there is the, the... The first party we're going to talk about, their color is black. Uh, they're, the, they're the CDU, uh, CSU. CDU, CSU, the, the Christlich Demokratische Union and the Christlich Soziale Union. union. Um, together they're usually called the Union, the Union. Uh, this is very specific because all parties in Germany, all other parties... Um, they're all the same in all the federal states and on the federal level. Uh, now, with with the conservatives, this is not the case. They have a party for all of Germany, uh, the CDU. That's for all of Germany. And then there's one for Bavaria. <laughs> because the fucking Bavarians, they always need to be special. Um, you know, they're kind of like the Texas of, of Germany. Um, they're always a bit... I don't I don't want to say seditious, but you know you know what i mean they are they need to they they're special so they have um so they don't have the christian democratic union they have the christian social union, but for all all intents and purposes um they're one party now the c d u s colour is black the c s is color is dark blue generally, but usually those are put together some, on the seating chart of the Bundestag uh, that I have in the show notes private citizen or press and that I will talk about later. Um, they're actually shown in dark blue, um, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, they're one party. Um, they have one list for, you know, the national the national list, and they have one. They always need to figure out who, which party will will be the candidate, right? This time was Armin Laschet, who is from North Rhine-Westphalia so my federal state. So he's a CDU guy. Uh, back in the day, you know, there was Edmund Stoiber. He used to be from the CSU. So there was sort that out, but you know, all intents and purposes, CDU, CDU, CSU are one party. And then, then we have the SPD, the, the Red Party, uh, the Social Democrats, the uh, Sozialdemokratische Partei Deutschlands, the oldest still existing uh, party. Um, they're a Labour Party, basically. You know, that's that's what they are. There's not that much to say about them. Um, you know, when you, it's pretty pretty comparable to the Labour Party in the UK, I would say. Um, uh, then we have the yellow party, which is the FDP, uh, which is a bit weird. Probably when you're from UK or more from the US, where yellow is like <laughs> is not a very nice. Usually, being yellow, you know, yo yo yellow uh, means you're uh, a coward. Um, these are, <laughs> I don't think these guys are cowards, although some people would 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 maybe. Uh, argue so so the FDP, uh the uh, Freie Demokratische Partei, they're the Liberals. they their sub slogan is also the Liberals. Um I you know, like many modern liberals, they're not that liberal in a classical sense. But you know. Um uh, then we have the Green Party, the Green, the Green the Green, the Greens. They're basically the Greens. Uh they were founded uh, you know, in the eighties. Um and have been on the rise ever since. Uh, Then we have the Purple Party, Die Linke, or the left. Die Linke means the left. Um, They are the descendant of the Eastern... So, you know, Eastern Germany, uh, the DDR, uh, Deutsche Demokratische Republik, was a a socialist state, you know, beholden to the Soviets. And they, they weren't a democracy. They were a one-party system. They had one party, the SED. Now, the left is basically a descendant of the SED. Uh, so there was a party that was a descendant of the SED. Then there was a left party in West Germany. And through several mergers, they ended up being the left. Um, the idea being that the Social Democrats, the, the, the you know, SPD, the Red Party, is usually consi- was historically considered a left party. Now, they went center a lot like you know they went closer and closer to the cdu to the conservatives um so the the real left basically in germany said we need our own party i mean there's many i mean these are the big parties right there are many 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 other parties um which i'm gonna talk about quickly at the end of this because lots of people asked me who i voted and i didn't vote spoiler (laughs) spoiler alert didn't vote for any of these that i'm talking about now um, but you know, there's there's the MLPD, the Marxist-Leninist Party of Germany, and you know, many other parties. But you know, generally the left uh, saying you know the SPD is not left enough, so uh, we're the real left basically. And then the newest party in the bunch, uh, they're blue, uh, light blue uh, is, is your. Uh, you'd also maybe say the AfD, the Alternative für Deutschland. Um, Often, especially by the left, called the Nazis, <laughs> which you know is not fair because there are some actual neo-Nazi parties in Germany, the NPD, for example. Um, then they're never in the in the federal parliament. But um, you know, I would I would say these are the Euroskeptics, right? They're a bit like you know, uh, what was the what was the party in the UK, uh, UKIP? Yeah, they're, they're it's kind of the same idea. You know, they would like to get us out of the euro. Um, They would uh, like to, um, you know, get the mark, Deutsche Mark back, you know, Germany being more independent, whatever. And they're somewhat uh, immigration unfriendly, I would say. Um, This is why many uh, very progressive and left people uh, usually call them the Nazis, which to me, you know, somebody who studied politics and history for, You know, I didn't get a degree, but I spent years and years in university reading a lot of things uh, and listening to a lot of professors. And, you know, the funny thing, and we did a lot on, on, I I did a lot on the Third Reich, of course. Well, of course, uh, you know, uh, obvious uh, topic, but I was very interested in it as well. Um, Now, you know, the Nazis, the, the NSDAP, the National Socialist Party back in the day, Hitler's Party, they weren't concerned with immigration. Nobody back then was concerned with immigration. Um, you know, you could call them racist, although that's a problematic term for reasons I'm not going to go into. But, you know, I will call them. They were xenophobic. And the AfD is a little bit xenophobic as well, I would say. And that's why they're against immigration. But funny enough, the Nazis obviously were never against immigration because, uh, you know, surprise, immigration in Germany uh, before the Second World War wasn't a thing. Germany was fucked, right? Germany was poor. Uh, our economy was fucked after World War One. We had to pay reparations. Uh, the country was utterly fucked, which is actually why the Nazis got to power. But it's also why really nobody immig- like Hitler immigrated to Germany from Austria. But he was like crazy, right? He was like the only guy. Um, you know, there wasn't much immigration going on because the country, the country was in, in shambles um so that that's always uh yeah there was a lot of inflation um I, my grandma still has um my grandma who turned 100 uh last month uh still has like the the one billion mark Reichsmark you know notes <laughs> it's like where you could, that you could buy like a bread roll with that if you were lucky um so um Superuser says, um, so I'm gonna go into some f- live feedback from Twitch because I think this is important. Fab, I distinctly remember you being much harder on the F.D. while you were doing Lens Outlaws, basically comparing to Nazis at the time. What changed? Well, I'm hard on them. Um, you know, I I I I would of course never vote for them. I don't like their positions. I'm a very immigration-friendly guy. Uh, I come from a, from a town in Germany, which is uh, famous or infamous, uh, you know, where I'm from, it's basically, uh, that's what the AfD says, that's, it's horrible. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm from a, a very close to Duisburg Maxlow, which is a very famous suburb, uh, you know, where everybody says, oh, it's, it's horrible. It's like the Bronx of Germany is like all these gangs roam, which is all bullshit. Like we had a lot of Turkish immigrants where I grew up, of course. Um, which which made which meant I could get excellent Döner kebab at all times. Um, you know, lots of Italian immigrants, of course. Uh, I don't. You know, I'm I'm completely um, immigration friendly. Um, I'm I'm hard on them. What What has changed is that there are, you know, as with uh, maybe my opinion changed. I've you know, I've I've gone obviously become a lot more conservative over the times um, since Nix Outlaws times as well. But like. Um, I also feel the, the hyperbole and the political climate has changed, where, like, the left or people who are left-aligned will use these terms um, to, um, you know, to vilify the other side. And I have to say, um, just to be fair, um, I'm not a fan of the AFD and of their people, but, you know, we talked a lot about the uh, coronavirus legislation um, that happened, and uh, the, the change to the uh, IfSG Infektionsschutzgesetz. And the only two people, the only two parties in the parliament at the time that were against this were the FDP and the AfD. And there were two speeches, one by Christian Lindner from the FDP, who is their chancellor candidate, and one of uh, what's his what's his first name? I always fucking Gauland, uh, Alexander Gauland, who is like. He 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 has an actual fucking Nazi Nazi name, you know. He's like a he's an old guy and he's an idiot, and 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 above everything else, he has a Nazi name because Gau in Nazi Germany was kind of like the um I know uh, the, the the county, I guess. But anyway, so he's an asshole. But he gave a better speech than Lindner. He gave the only he was the only parliamentarian in that debate, who gave a reasonable speech about this legislation. Like, literally. I watched the whole thing. Like, you know, the CDU was horrible. The 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 woman from the SPD, which is actually from my old constituency in, in Duisburg, she was idiotic. She was just, like, not making any sense. Uh, the Greens were horrible, as usual. <laughs> I mean, this was, it was a clusterfuck. And, like, he, Gauland was the only guy, even though I fucking hate him, uh who gave a uh, good speech and sometimes you have to recognize that for example there was a left politician um so I'm not a friend of the left um I don't I don't you know there were they, the the left in germany is the only party who is a direct descendant of a non-democratic party and I had people from a non-democratic party in parliament and I'm I'm not I'm not a friend of that um so if there's any, like, you know, they weren't fascists because they were, like, you know, there was a socialist state, but they're totalitarian. So the only totalitarian politicians that were ever, like, well, okay, in the very early stages of the Bundestag, there were actually some, some people who were previously actual, actual Nazis, members of the NSDAP. But, you know, in the last, let's say, 30 years, the only people who were actually, um, you know, members of a totalitarian regime in the German parliament were from the left party. Um, But anyway, they had a politician, Grigor Gysi, who I I didn't like any of his policies, but he was an amazing speaker. Like his speeches were amazing. He was like the best. His rhetoric was like the best. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, I just like to be fair and balanced. And um, I I think um, the AfD, I would never vote for them. Their policies are not my policies at all. Um, Aside from this one thing on the coronavirus thing, uh, I've never agreed with anything any of any of their politicians have ever said. (laughs) But, you know, they're not Nazis. Like, you know, if you're if you want to stay in a historically correct and politically correct terminology, which is what I do, that is my thing. That's why I'm doing this show. um, Then they're not Nazis. Like they're neither Nazis as in. Are they members of the NSDAP? Were they members of the NSDAP? No. So they're historically not Nazis. They they don't expose the same um, um, you know uh, policies as the Nazis. I mean, yes, of course there might be some of their parliamentarians or members of the party who are anti Semite, right? But you know, um, you had that in the in the in the Pirate Party. You, had, you know, probably in the in the with the Conservatives. It's not really like, you know, it's, but the party itself, like its program is certainly not that. Um, and they're not neo Nazis. Like the, the NPD, there are neo Nazis. They're walking around this, you know, bald headed fucking boots, uh, waving flags, uh, you know, having, marching with torches, shit like that. They're neo Nazis. The AfD is not that. Now, I'm not saying that is better. Right, because I don't like their policies, and I actually think they're more dangerous, because they're actually working. They're obviously working within the political system to try to further some means that I don't like and that I think are not good for a country. But that's what they're doing. They're within the political system, right? They're not Nazis. They're not trying to overthrow the system. They're not um, under the definition of the German constitution, um, you know, opposed to the constitution. Otherwise, you know, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be in the Bundestag. Um, you know the party would have actually be outlawed, which is hard. You know even the NPD isn't outlawed, and they're basically arguably working. Against, you know, you know they actually said they want to want to overthrow the the way our governmental system works. Um, but anyway, uh, Superuser says AfD are very pro f- pre speech, which also aligns with your views. But history shows us they quickly change their opinion when in power. Well, you know, but you know all <laughs> parties do that. Like you know. It depends on, um, you know. I mean, if I could tell you, I, you know, historically, I voted for the SPD a lot, and I could, I could just sit here for two hours and just tell you where I f- feel betrayed by the SPD, where they basically changed everything they stood for when they got into power, especially in, in the grand coalition um, that we're going to talk about later a little bit. Um, talk about what that is, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, we don't, we just, we just don't know. Right, And we have what, – what I believe in, um, it, you know, that, that's what, what studying polis, politics has gotten me. I believe in the German parliamentary system. I, we have very strict laws about these things, like our constitution, our Grundgesetz, um, our, um, our whole political system was built in full view of what the Nazis did to the Weimar Republic. And I think it, it has worked, it's been here for 50 years. Um, We've had neo-Nazis. We've had actual Nazis. Um, and I, I I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a misanthrope at heart. I think people are shit, right? I think generally, uh, what's it? Uh, lupus. Oh, oh, God, how does it go? Lupus. Lupus. Uh, how the how did? Oh, God, I always forget this. Now I have to Google something. Like Homo homini lupus uh so the humans are um are wolves right to themselves um so so i don't i don't um i don't trust people especially individually but i think we've built a state and a system that works and and i think people are more intelligent than generally the press um and especially the progressive press gives them credit for um you know i if you read that uh that newsletter uh, I, article I talked about that I also r- wrote today. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's about you know again censorship, uh, Facebook, and, and I think that um, politicians from the left side of the aisle in recent times have this tendency to just be um, to, to 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 think pe- that people can't like decide for themselves and that they're all stupid, and they're very. Um, uh, what's i can't find words today uh now i have to google this word uh patronizing they're very patronizing uh towards voters um so i i generally i don't know i i feel um um you know i i certainly don't want to say the afd are ge- dangerous right but you know so is the left i, f- I feel there is dangerous and especially like the MLPD like the so the so the left always goes on about how bad the IFD is right but they're like saying and they're, what they're doing is they're working within the political system the MLPD the Marxist-Leninist party had had like um, campaign advertising on my street that says we need that said we need a revolution and that said that the criminal code Like the article of the criminal code in Germany that says that a revolution against the state is illegal should be revoked, right? So the the Grundgesetz, our constitution says that, you know, has very strict um, rules against people who are um, undermining the democratic system. And if you're calling for a revolution, you're by definition doing that. A revolution, by definition, is the violent or forceful overthrow of a government, Right? So these people—they they are also dangerous—but nobody, nobody ever talks about that. And I, I think we just need to. I'm just trying to be balanced. Obviously, this is a lot of this. I mean, it's a political episode, right? It's like generally a political show. Uh, but obviously, this is all my opinion. Uh, Private citizens press? Uh, there's a contact link on there. Please, if you, you know, as people are doing uh, on Twitch right now, which I think is great, um, if you have different opinions please let me know. And I will hear them. I will read them out on the show. I am not against, uh, you know, giving voices to other opinions. And, you know, if you want to come on the show and discuss this with me, uh, please get in contact. Um, If it makes for a good discussion, I will do that. Anyway, you now know the colors of the parties. And this is where we get the coalitions from that are currently being talked about. So there's two probable coalitions for this. Election result. We we'll get into the results later, but um, you maybe read about these. So these are the, the first possible one would be the SPD, the Greens, and the FDP. So the colors are red, green, yellow. Um, we call in Germany you call this eine Ampelkoalition, uh, meaning a traffic light coalition because you know if you switch it around, uh, if you do red, yellow, green, it's like a traffic light. And the other possible coalition would be the CDU, you so the Union the Conservatives, the Greens, and the FDP. And that would be uh, black, green, yellow. And that's the so-called uh, Jamaica coalition or Jamaican coalition because these are the colors of the Jamaican flag. So as you can tell, we are very um, creative with these things in Germany. So other historic coalitions that that happened in the past, which are not possible with this result um or i mean the the grand coalition technically i think would be but both parties have said they don't want that this time because it's been it's been years in uh, the grand coalition they don't you know and they would so they would basically have to argue who becomes chancellor laschet or Steinberg, and that would just fall apart because their egos are too big but the grand coalition is traditionally a, tra- a coalition between the spd and uh, the uh, the conservatives so the labor and conservatives so uh, red and black that's a grand coalition because they're two biggest parties um another historic coalition the one that uh, formed the first government in germany uh, was the schwarz-gelbe coalition uh, that means black yellow coalition which is the uh, cdu uh, csu and oh it's actually uh, my show notes are wrong and the fdp um Wait, I have to fix this because I will I will forget this, and um, then that is not good. Uh, where are we? Uh yellow coalition, which is CDU CSU. Live, live behind the scenes here. Yeah, so uh, this CDU CSU FDP coalition It's the uh, black yellow coalition. Um, then we have the red-green coalition, which I actually traditionally really liked. That you know, with the Schröder government one, um, which was the SPD and the Greens, so Labour and the Greens, rot grune Koalition, the red-green coalition. Um, I always thought that worked really well um, because it kind of balanced. Um, they balanced each other. I think the Greens generally, I don't like a lot of their policies. They're generally a bit crazy, and tend to not know what they're talking about even more than other. Po- Politicians, if that's even possible. But, you know, they have, they have good policies. You know, like, basically, under Schröder, uh, Germany was leading in renewable energies. We, we, you know, this is, like, 98, I think. You know, we're, we're like, building lots of wind farms and stuff. And uh, the, the irony of history, is, of course, is that Merkel scrapped all that. And there were big state subsidies for building, or actually for companies who built solar power plants and, or solar panels, and um, wind farms and uh, when Merkel scrapped that a lot of that stuff went away Um, but you know uh, I thought that always worked well because the the SPD balanced the greens a bit and the greens kicked the SPD in the butt a little bit for like renewable energies and um, you know looking after the environment which I always thought was good and then there's another historic coalition, which is not going to happen this time either, which is the Rot-Rote coalition, the Red-Red coalition, which is the SPD and the left. Well, it's, I say historic, it's never happened uh, because of realities of, well, it's never happened in the on the federal state level, of course. And there's also parliaments in the federal states and these dead other coalitions. And this happened, I think, in Berlin uh, and like in the east uh, of Germany. Um, several times, but n- never on the national level. But it's kind of a no-brainer because it's kind of the left parties, right? If they had enough votes, um, they could have a, a, a leftist a leftist government. Um, actually, it'd be interesting to see that. Because, you know, I think it's the same thing with the red-green. I think the, the CDU would, uh, the, the SPD would balance the uh, slightly more crazy Uh, we want socialism uh, tendencies of the left so now you know the colors you know the possible coalitions and I thought I'm gonna now talk a little bit about you know why do we have coalitions in Germany like what what like like what is this weird system And I feel like this is where, like, looking over the um, over the fence a little bit at other countries is interesting. And why, maybe, if you're not from Germany, this could be interesting to you as well. This whole topic, because um, chances are, if you're listening to this, you are in a democratic state. Uh, but all democratic states are different from each other, and parliaments are different from each other, and there's a distinct culture. Which is sometimes very very visible. For example, in the U- in the UK, you know they're shouting at each other in Parliament. If you're watching that as a German, you go like, "What the fuck is that? That's not civilized democracy, right? Aren't they supposed to be civilized over there? Um, didn't they invent civilization? And they always say that?" And you know that's an obvious sign. But also like how governments are formed, you know how um, decisions are made, um, like the interplay between a government and the Parliament and the different chambers. Uh, of of the House and all of that, you know, which is obviously uh, very specific to the US, for example, or, you know, also specific to the UK where you have the House of Lords, which is very... I mean, lots of this is very historically influenced, but some of this is also a distinct, like... It's a culture. And, I mean, obviously that grows out of historic reasons, but, like, in Germany, the German parliamentary culture has always been one of coalitions, and before we even had the Federal Republic, in the Weimar Republic, and before that, in the Reichstag, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the Second German Reich, so the one founded by Bismarck in uh, 1871, um, they had a parliament um, and they had a somewhat of a democracy. It's not a modern democracy. I mean, they, they had a very, very advanced and very progressive way of voting the parliament for the time. Um, also, you know, uh, very, very progressive uh, rights uh, who could vote and, and stuff like that. But um, the, the the parliament itself just didn't have that much power. It had a key power, which was every year it had to ratify the government budget. And they could actually, um, they actually forced uh, Bismarck, for example, to do a lot of things uh, with land. But it wasn't like, you know, um, a, a modern democracy where like the Parliament you know the, the party uh, you know gets together cabinet and creates the government and you know uh, there wasn't a separation of powers as, as we have it today. Um, but that's where the culture comes from the parliamentary culture and you know the same thing with the British Parliament before that was a modern democracy right when that was still much more under the control of the king. Um, still they had a parliament and that's where the, where that culture comes from and obviously the parliamentary culture in the US, I'm not an expert on this I never did that much on it in, in, in politics or history but um, it's obviously also very 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 influenced by uh, its early history right <laughs> Supervisor says two constants in fab shows, Bismarck and Hitler well you know they go together uh, that's a, if you understand I, I feel if you understand Bismarck and Hitler, you basically understand German history. Um, if you learn about both of that, uh, at least modern history, th- those, those, those are the keys, I feel. Um, but, um, of course, the Weimar Republic was an actual democracy. It was very much a democracy. It just had some key flaws, right? Not in, really not that much in, like, the parliamentary system or in the... Uh, how it was voted, because, you know, the Nazis came to power, they were voted in legitimately, it was a legitimate vote and, you know, obviously, there were problems around the election a lot back then, you know, with, like, sucks going around beating people up if they voted for the wrong team, Uh, which, you know, wasn't only the Nazis, the communists uh, basically started, you know, they were first, Um, the the whole, that whole part of it was fucked uh, of the system, but that was not some even that was not so much the problem you could argue and it's it's been argued very decisively that you know the majority of the German population for whatever reason basically because the country was fucked um actually wanted the nazis in power now the problem came after that you know there there wasn't enough basically what the nazis did is to, to be very to, to you know to gloss this over and make it, make it very uh, easy, um, maybe not completely correct in a, in a political science sense or a historic science sense, but, you know, basically what they did this day, um, they used emergency laws, <clears throat> COVID. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> this is why I'm so critical about, about all this stuff, by the way, because, you know, they, used to, they did basically declared an emergency where there wasn't one um, and then used emergency laws uh, to, to, to destroy the democracy. Right, and to assume absolute power uh, and to keep it. But you know, that wasn't really they basically had one of the first things they did was disband the parliament. Because the parliament or you know, outlaw all the parties except theirs, basically. Because the parliament actually was a problem for them, because the parliamentary system was very democratic and had a very democratic um culture. And that's where this coalition stuff comes from. Ever since that, Germany's never been a country where one party never, in the history of Germany, really, you know, when it was a democracy, <laughs> aside from the totalitarian bits, um, uh, and maybe because of that, especially afterwards, you know, we're very, very um, suspicious of one-party government. I think that's rooted deep within the German psyche. I feel with most people even not knowing it, and not knowing it. Um, and so also, you know, we never had like a two-party system. I mean, the U.S. is very much a two-party system. There are, you know, of course there are more parties, but, you know, the only parties you can get in power are two, uh, one of two parties. And the U.K. pretty much is like that as well. So we always had a lot of parties. And um, you have to understand how this kind of works under Bismarck uh, because I think that was a good thing. So when this election happened, we had a lot of coverage Outside of Germany, which is understandable to me because maybe some of the correspondents don't understand this German history, but also inside of Germany, which I found scary, but because that means that political journalists in Germany don't understand this history as well. So there was a lot of reporting where basically they went, "Oh, this is a time of uncertainty. This is going to be horrible." There was even like some UK uh, people who called it like the country's Brexit moment which is idiotic because what happened here is actually the, in this election was the, we're going to talk about the results later, but it's basically the restoration of how things used to be in Germany. Right. We now had Angela Merkel in power for 16 years, almost as long as Helmut Kohl and, or maybe longer. I mean, she's she's not, it depends on how long this, the coalition uh, talks last, uh, which could be a long time. But, um, she so she had she had four governments and three of those were grand coalition, and that is just not a usual thing in Germany. It's happened before, but it's generally um, like that's a two party government, and you know we had two party governments, you know, red, uh, a black, the black yellow coalition, for example. Mm-hmm. That's not a, that's always been like a strong part or like red green, right? That was like a strong partner and a minor partner. Having two, the two big parties. You'd think they had but a lot, but which it actually means is there are two parties that are the most in the center and have been moving to the center a lot over the last decade, and, that, and it also means they have a huge majority in the Bundestag, right, because they're the two biggest parties. And it means the government is, like, rock solid and has a lot of power, which I guess if you're from the UK or the US, you're like, that's a good thing. But, like, in Germany, we don't like our government to be that, um, uh, really. You know, my I, I distinctly remember being at university, like this is like second semester or something. Um, and my politics, one of my politics professors uh, said a very smart thing. Uh, he said, uh, at the time we were just gonna. I think it, it looked like we we're gonna get a grand coalition. And we this was after after Schröder, This was like the first Merkel grand coalition. And he said, uh, the, the the grand coalition is a slow death. Of democracy in Germany, and I think to this he was he was very, very correct. He obviously he had historic reasons. He talked about the earlier grand coalitions, but I think after that the Merkel grand coalitions even showed this even better, um, because you have a, a chancellor is very sure in power, uh, never getting called on anything really, um, and it's 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 just it makes for a um, very monolithic and you know government that's prone to I don't know wouldn't, wouldn't even say corruption but like lots lots of like lots of issues where if you have a somewhat you know if you have a situation like now where there's like lots of parties and they have to sit down they have to form a government they have to talk a lot and they have to um, hear a lot of viewpoints right they have to like if you want to do a Jamaica coalition right you have to have the liberals the greens. Which I really like. They see—I I don't think they are a left party, but they see themselves as a left party. Um, they're certainly not conservative. But you have a—you have a very conservative party, the Conservatives. You have the liberal conservatives, which are more like. Um, economic economically like uh, liberal and then you have the the greens which are just like they have to there's like lots of viewpoints and i think it's actually good it makes the government very accountable like if you look back at the history and you look back at bismarck where they often had uh, a bismarck often well i think all the time had like a, a, a minority government even basically when bismarck wanted to have a get a policy passed you know mostly via the budget, but, you know, um, he had to like go, go to the Reichstag and, and like pick people from the parties, like, and, and get a, get a majority together. His government didn't have a majority. He had to get a majority together to get this one issue passed, which made for a lot of compromises, I guess, but like a lot of like talking. And I think it made the government a lot more accountable. Um, and because you know if you have this coalition system and you have you have three parties um you know they are um that makes that makes the government more accountable to the parliament which in turn makes the parliament or the government accountable to the voters and um it's just it's just a more fluid fluid system there's more uh give in the system i would say you know and it it makes for a healthier democracy. I think there's more talking, there's more viewpoints being heard. Um, of course, you always can have issues like you know, uh, the the coronavirus pandemic, where you like basically all the parties uh, said yeah the same thing. Um, you can always have that, um, but you know, in general, I think I think it's a good thing. Um, yeah, um, super. You says uh, Merkel was was chancellor longer than Adenauer, which is ridiculous, and Adenauer did so much more for Germany. But that's also part of the time, right? Um, because you know he basically built Germany up. Whereas, I mean, my 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 big problem with Merkel is that she just never did anything uh, because that was the safest thing. And uh, if she did something and she misstamped, she would. She was very smart. She's very. He, she is an extremely good politician. Um, let's let's not get this wrong. She's, she's I don't like her, but I don't think she's dumb. Um, she's she's very smart. She knows what she's doing, obviously, and she would pass the buck to like you know if something economically happened, she would like pass the buck to her uh, finance minister and then basically fire them, right? But like in a nice way, and she always got along with them. So she basically went like, okay, look we can't risk the government, like, right? we fucked up, so you're going to have to step down. But I think what she did was, like, basically, we're going to make this up to you, you know, you, you f- I owe you one. <laughs> I, I think that was the, uh, that's how it worked, but I'm not quite sure. Um, so she was a very, very good politician, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's just a very... You could say a peculiar system, but that's just, you know, our culture. Um, Supervisor says, so what's the ideal coalition um, that parties which agree with each other inside or outside of the coalition, for example, Greens plus more sensible people, to have some disagreement? I don't even, like, don't know. Um, I think the situation, I'm happy with the situation as it is right now. I like whatever government they get. I, I didn't vote for any of these people anyway. Um, but I think this is this is uh, the best for the country and the, be- the the healthiest thing for the democracy. I think these like long long years of grand coalition and of Merkel government have basically eroded uh, our our democracy somewhat uh, and the understanding of people who like you know there's people <laughs> there's people who are like 16 now who get to vote. Uh, who've who've never never known another chancellor than than Merkel. And you know, under cool back in the day, it was it was exactly the same thing. We were so glad when Cool was finally gone, and there was like some movement in there. Um, the party I actually voted for, which is like a tiny party, um, actually uh, had one of their one of the points in their program was to change the 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 laws so that politicians could only be in office. Like they wanted to change. Like, you know, so the period they're in office for right now in the Bundestag is four years. And I wanted to change that to five years. But uh, I think make it that they could only spend 10 years in office, like in any office, right? So then they have to get back to their fucking real jobs if they have any. (laughs) That's basically what it said in the the program. We like that. It was a good, uh, it's a good, I think that we need something like that. But I'm I'm very happy with the situation right now. That's why I'm talking about this, because those of the coverage was like, This is horrible, it's gonna take months to find a government. Yeah. Um, but that's how we do things here, right? This is this is not unusual. Uh, and you just need to look back into the history of the seventies, the sixties, the eighties, um, to see that, you know, before cool, uh, this this was normal. Um and it's going to be good for everybody. It's going to be good for the voters uh, because they will learn how the system works again. It's going to be good for the parties because they need to refresh themselves and they need to talk to each other a lot. And we might finally get some movement. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I'm not, I'm, I'm not very positive about this in general. I think uh, uh, these parties are all. That's why I didn't vote for them. I think they're all uh, not that good. But. Um, and not that much will change, um, but it's better than it was before, I feel. user um, <laughs> says, I think about me talking about Merkel being a good real politic- politician, you're describing a sociopath. Well, I mean, to be a good politician, it could be argued, I think you need to be a sociopath. Um, right. Um, to to do what is right in the moment for you, which is the ultimate goal of a politician, Uh, you basically have to not care about anybody else. Um, So that's what Astro says, uh, Astro see as well, like all all the politicians. Um, If we're being real, the US is the most successful country in the world. So, well, that depends on how you measure it, Uh, right? So, um, I mean, you can't really compare countries. The US is just so big. Um, I mean I think Germany you know economically speaking, for example Germany is damn successful for its size right you pick any part the size of Germany out of the u s and you will be hard pressed uh for that to be you know comparable economically um you can't just you just can't compare countries like this um it just doesn't, doesn't work. Although that you know, if you scale it up, the smaller countries are always better. Like, you know, if you, if you took Denmark, right. And you blew up like their numbers to the size of the U S they would blow everybody out of the water, but that's because they're fucking tiny and it's easier to run a country of 12 million people than it is to run a country of 80 million people than it is to run a country of what's the U S 300, 300 million people, whatever. Uh, you know, it's just, you, you can't, you can't just compare these things. Um, But, yeah, so um, I thought that, you know, I hope that gave you a little overview of, uh, a little bit of an understanding of the the German system. So next time you read something about it, you're like, okay, maybe I understand. Now, there is, I I put a list in the, and a link in the show notes, private citizen press, to a list on Wikipedia of all the German uh, governments um, where you can see all the coalitions. And you can see in the beginning, it's like black, yellow, black, yellow. Uh, You know, then uh, there was like a, black kind of one for a while there, there was a there was a black red one that was the first grand coalition um black yellow uh, red yellow that was weird for a while um but you know I grew up with the, the the blocks when I grew up the end of the 80s beginning of the 90s were like basically black yellow so the conservatives and the liberals against red green you know the, the social democrats and the green party um and then in 1998, you see the first uh, Schröder, uh, you know, government uh, after coal being uh, being red green. Then you have a second one, and then Merkel takes over. Um, so with that, let's let's get into the actual results. Let's see what uh, what actually happened. <laughs> The, the news bumper here um, so actually we had a turnout went up a little bit we had uh, 46.8 million people voting um, that is 76% which I think is a good turnout uh, pretty good um, so this, this time around the strongest party was the Labour Party, the SPD with 25.7% which is like you know historically SPD, CDU always used to be over 30 Or like, you know, they'd always change a little bit. Um, uh, The CDU uh, got uh, a few less. They got 24.1%. The Greens, 14.8%. The FDP, 11.5%. AFD, 10.3%. And the left, 4.9%. Now, we have what's called a 5% hurdle, uh, the 5% hurdle, which means if you are under 5% in your, you know, in total votes, you will not get into the parliament. Uh, so the left has 4.9. There's a caveat. There's special rules. Uh, also how the seats, there's like überhangmandate and all this crap, but basically they got 5%. This is one of the um, uh, things they changed from the Weimar Republic, for example, that is a, a system they built in Nazi to keep, um, you know, Nazi party. Well, generally uh, extremists out, right? They don't want to have somebody who gets like one percent have one seat, and then there's like one guy in the Bundestag who just shouts like, "Immigrant, kill all immigrants" or something all the time. And that's a controversial rule. Some people want to change that. Um, I think generally it seems to work quite well. So, uh, speaking of the seats, so the SPD uh, last uh, election got 153. Uh, They uh, got an additional 53. Uh, The CDU got 246 last election. They lost 50. Uh, The Greens got 67 seats last election. They won 51. So, basically, the 50 seats from CDU went to the Greens. Uh, The FDP had 80 last election. They got 12 more. The AFD had 94 last election and lost 11 seats. And the left had 69 seats. 69 dude last election and lost 30. So basically the SPD, the Greens, and the FDP won. The CDU, CSU, and the Conservatives, the AFD, and the left lost. Now what is very important here is that the Greens have the best with 14.8%. They have the highest number of votes uh, and a percentage and seats in the history. Um, This is a lot less than a lot of people expected, you know, including me. I thought it was at least a a passing possibility that the Greens uh, would actually be the strongest force and uh, that Annalena Baerbaum would uh, be the the most likely chancellor. Um, I think they kind of top, (laughs) especially uh uh Frau Baerbaum uh torpedoed herself quite a lot um the greens have <laughs> I don't like their policy, so I think it's fortunate they have this fortunate tendency to just talk utter bullshit sometimes, and that often tanks their numbers i think so the my my favorite thing this was quite a ways out of the election you know this was like i don't know half a year ago or something uh but it was it was um you know, it was very representative for, for what the Greens, some of the Greens do. Uh, so when she was asked, uh, so the the, the the candidate for chancellor, Annalena Baerbock, uh, in the context of you know renewable energies, uh, she was asked, so what happens? Which sometimes happens, um, you know, we have lots of uh, so wind power plants, for example. Uh, in the north of Germany so sometimes there's more wind sometimes we can't use all that power and she was asked like what we need to do what what what, what can we do if we produce more power than we can use or we can sell to the neighboring countries like where should, where should we store the power um, and she said um, we'll store it in the grid <laughs> we'll store the power in the grid yeah that doesn't that doesn't work. <laughs> but I mean it could also be that I um was uh had a had a problem. <laughs> yeah, says it, the giant moon battery, the Nazi moon battery. We just give it to the We beam it up to the moon. Um you know, Elon's gonna <laughs> should have said Elon's gonna work that out for us. I've, I've got him on speed dial. Um we're gonna we you know, we're gonna legalize Mariana. That's the first thing we do. they actually didn't push that enough I think could have gotten more, get, gotten more votes on that um, I would have you know that's a, actually that's a green policy I support uh, legalizing marijuana and maybe all drugs work pretty well in Portugal um, anyway um, so it could have been that or you know it could have also been that I fell into the same trap as a lot of my colleagues um, in the media who uh, generally you know j- journalists tend to be very progressive and they tend to overestimate and also pollsters sometimes tend to overestimate um like like things like the power of the green Party because you know they're like me uh you know they are they're relatively i mean I'm not that progressive as many other journalists, but you know they're more progressive than other people they have a university education usually um most of them have a degree unlike me um they live in a city in a big city right and you if you do that you overestimate like the impact of like Fridays for Future, Greta Thunberg and the Green Party, right? You see all these electric vehicles, you see people on these e-scooters riding around the whole time. And you underestimate that those cities are just like a a part of Germany. And there's a lot of countryside in between. And if you're like in the US, you, you will know this. In the US, there's the same bias. There's a huge bias where basically California and New York are like this you know, pushing for policy for big cities. And then you have, like, the Midwest, <laughs> right, in Texas, where a lot of people live. I mean, they're, they're spread out, but the, the generally people underestimate how many people live in the countryside. And fucking, when the Greens go, are oh, we going to get rid of all petrol cars in 10 years? They go, like, what the f- uh, Like, uh, I need a fucking tractor. There's no fucking electric tractors. Who, who's going to harvest the fucking cabbage? Right? how do we gonna get the cabbage in, in into town? Stuff like that. Um yeah, to simplify it a little bit. But I, I think there's a that's a trap a lot of people fall into and analysts and I might have might have been swept along by, you know, all their writing, uh in thinking the same thing. Um so this, this election results a lot more conservative than I thought. Also, a lot of people have been, been talking, uh, saying the SPD is dead for a long time. I mean, they lost a lot of votes, but they're still the strongest party now. So um, <laughs> Superuser says, what about older journalists, or do they just work in corporate PR and copywriting? And no, well, some of them do. Some of the younger ones go there as well. Now I feel like... Um, you know, I have a limited experience, of course, but I feel like there's, um, they tend not to argue, right? They're just there and they've seen the publishing industry, uh, go down the toilet in the last 20 years. And they have seen all these people being fired and they're like, I need to, t- I have 10 years left or like I have five years left. I need to make it into retirement. I need to get my retirement money. I'm just going to not get fired gonna sit here shut up and just write stories that aren't controversial i feel um of course there, i mean I'm, I'm i'm generalizing there are journalists who write columns for example that 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 say all these things that i'm saying i mean i'm, I'm not I'm not genius i i didn't come up with all this um but you know in general i think uh, i'm generalizing of course but i think the majority of of, of journalists um, especially the influential ones um, I like this. And then there's a lot of people who just copy the stuff the public broadcasters or the big um, newspapers write about. Um Also if they're so progressive you'd think they would swing the election to be more progressive than it ended up being. Well, they can't really I mean they're doing all they can. They're writing about stuff, but like the you know, they can they can write very progressive stuff, but the people in the country they, they see through that and they'll still be pissed off with that. Right? And these journalists are just like three people. You know, compared to, like, they, they can't, you know, they don't actually have that. Ma- I think they have led, that's the thing. I think that it's a, lu- it's a loud minority. Um, it's like, it's like all of the press shouting down the AFD now for like, I don't know, you know, four years, eight years, uh, you know, whatever, however long. And, you know, they, they had, I mean, in this election lost a lot of votes, uh, but last election, they got a lot of votes. And then the journalists are like, ah, where did these votes come from? It's like the same thing in the U.S. You know, I talked about this on the show a lot with with Trump and Biden, where they're like, when Trump won, won everybody, how could he, like, even the election must have been rigged. How could that guy won? And they just didn't, like, they don't understand that these this block of voter, and I think they don't understand how big it is. Um so you know that's, that's the thing anyway uh, if you go to private citizen or press I have all these uh, results in detail and I have a graphic of the layout of the German Bundestag that's how they sit like whether so 730 so 35 seats in in, in in all if you see that where that is that is where like the 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 floor manager of the Bundestag basically sits like the I don't know, it's this, some, kind of like our speaker I would say um, and that's that's where you can see where the left right they actually sit so the 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 in case you didn't know this historical fact uh the left right um like putting parties on a on a spectrum from left to right actually came from the first german parliament uh in in the Reichstag where they sat like this, where like the left sat to the left if you if you're looking from the from a podium. Where you're speaking, like where the speaker is as well, uh, and the right, the the, the right party said set to the right. So here you, you can see it starts at the left with purple. That's the left. Then the big red block. That's the social Democrats. Uh, then the greens. That's pretty much the middle. And then uh, to the right uh, we go to the FDP, which is liberal. Um, you know, and I, I don't think they're tending more left, but it's kind of the thing. And then we you have the black block that's the cdu and then you actually have a dark that's what i was talking about earlier the dark blue block that is the csu so the bavarian conservatives so just take that as the the black and the dark blue is one and then the light blue to the very right is the fd and see one of the arguments where I, i actually think sometimes i feel like the the left is somewhat right right that's that's confusing. Um, they got this right is no, got this correct is they said they said they they, they said they're going to sit to the right side of the CSU when they entered the Bundestag. Like they weren't forced to sit there, right? They went to the right, so they see themselves. You know, which is more, which is realistic? They're more right than the CDU, but I don't know. Maybe they're just honest if they want if they were gonna, you know fake everybody that's gonna sit down somewhere else um I I don't know um uh super user says uh, I'm sorry that's incorrect it came from the tennis court parliament during the French revolution okay uh they were actually right and left but the British journalist who noticed it drew it incorrectly in his dispatch oh wait I'm gonna look look this up I don't even know what you're talking about there uh Huh? Maybe I'm remembering this wrong. Maybe I got so- taught something wrong in university. That could never happen. The surprising origins. Uh, this is Time Magazine. I'm gonna trust them. Uh, blah. This is. What are they? Ah, they're saying okay. The story begins in France in the summer of 17. Blah. Storm of the Bastille. Okay, that's Bastille Day. Put your get away with your ads. Um... One of the main issues the assembly debated was how much power the king should have, says David Abel, a professor of early modern France at Princeton University. Would he have the right to an absolute veto? As the debate continues, those who thought the king should have an absolute veto sat on the right of the president of the assembly and those who thought he should not, the more radical view sat on the left of the president of the assembly. In other words, those who wanted to you closer to tradition, we're on the right, and those who want to change, we're on the left. That actually makes sense. You know, if you think about it, that, you know, the French Revolution is the origin of, you know, modern democracy. Um, Yeah, I know. Ancient Greece and all of that, you know, modern democracy. Um, Then it makes sense that it comes from that. Thanks for the correction. See, this is why doing the show on Twitch is amazing. Um, david bell that's who i got it from i've read this book the first total war on the wendy war cover to cover it's a small world well it's it, it's historical science it's a small world actually i was um what was it i was like i was looking somebody recommended a book uh i think it was held der steine uh actually here on twitch was streaming he was talking about like the this german industrialist um uh, dynasty, it was very little known, but they like they they owned Vata, who did like the 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 submarine batteries in World War Two, and you know they they were basically got very rich in the Nazi regime and were one of the only people who could convert that into the Federal Republic, right? Where they were basically they kept their money and they kept their shit, and they just kept buying shit, and they they own BMW now. Um, I think they're called uh, Quant I think the book's called Die, Die Uh Wait, I'm going to look. I'm going to look this up. So I'm going to. So he recommended this book, right? So this this German YouTuber and streamer recommend recommends this book. Um, der Aufstieg der Quanz, eine deutsche Unternehmerdynasty. Actually, wait, I'm going to have to um, keep these tabs open. So I'm going to put them in the show notes as well. Private Citizen Not Press. Anyway, so he recommends this book. And I'm, I'm, I'm Googling it. I'm looking, like, on Wikipedia uh, or whatever, and then I go to Amazon or whatever, and I find this book, and it, it says the author is Joachim Scholzisek, who is actually my, um, first history, my first professor at Bonn University in history. A very cool guy. Uh, he's, he's gotten a lot older, of course. We all got a lot older. But he was very young and, and, and dynamic at the time, and I remember distinctly his, uh, his purple BMW uh, I think he had a three series BMW that he that we were f- always fascinated with as students they wrote with that to university, like an older older, like an eighties or nineties model, like an older model. Anyway, it looked uh, it looked very cool. Uh he's a cool guy. So it was like small world. And that, but that's you know his, his historic science for you there's only like five people who can stand being a history professor. <laughs> it's not a it's not a very nice job. Um anyway, yeah. So um, what we have now, uh, of course, more information, uh, private citizen or press, um, what we have now after these results is basically two viable coalitions because you need 368 out of 735 seats for an absolute majority. And that only leaves the uh, traffic light and the Jamaica coalitions. The, the, the traffic light coalition, so SPD, Greens, FDP, would have 537 seats. Uh, Chancellor would be Olaf Scholz of the SPD, and the Jamaica coalition of the CDU, CSU, Greens, FDP would have 361 seats, uh, which is not technically a majority, but they you know they could have it's it's called like a duldung um, or something. It's like they could they could just you know probably just get the other like they get a few parliamentarians that support. Um, the government. It wouldn't be a true minority government. Uh, that ca- chancellor would be Armin Laschet. Um, so, uh, so that would be the CSU chancellor. So everybody thinks it's probably going to be traffic light. Uh, that's because th- they, have a, they just have a majority. Now, the other coalition, it, they could go for a grand coalition, which would also not be a majority, but the same thing. Like... It wouldn't be a true minority government. You can basically... A minority government is if you're, build, you're building a government out of your parties that are in your coalition and you do not have a majority, and then you need to... For everything, like Bismarck back and then there the were minority governments. Uh, you'd have to... You know, or in the Weimar Republic, you have to go to... you With know, every, every vote, you basically have to get people on board. Um, you could have like a... The, the thing I'm talking about is like you basically... When you build the government... Uh, you get some people from the opposition who are like, we're going to support this government and they're going to sign up, right? And they're going to be basically... And they're not really part of it, but, you know. Um, So they would probably, if this was like the Jamaica coalition, um, you know, they probably get some SPD people on board. Um, So there's no coalitions with the AFD because all of the other parties have said for the, ever since the FDS in the in the bundestag they've said we're not gonna have a coalition with them so they're always out um yeah i so i'm not i don't believe it could theoretically we could have a min- minority government we had some in the past but they've always resulted historically, at least in the, you know, in the Bundestag, on the federal level. They've resulted from there being a coalition and that falling apart because, like, you know, one party walked away or some parliamentarians from that former party walked away. Um, and then you had a minority government. These tend not to last long. Um, and I, th- yeah, I don't know. Um, it seems likely... Um, yeah, Super Yu says, well, uh, plurality has the most votes, but not an absolute majority. Well, if you're talking government coalition, doesn't matter like we're not we don't do like popular vote bullshit like they do in the US. That doesn't like that that's not a thing, like that doesn't this is the popular vote. And it does the vote percentage doesn't really count. All that counts is the seats. And that the seats are like that's also like if you dig into this, this is the stuff I don't want to get into. But, you know, it's not completely correlating to the percentage of the vote because there's like direct mandate, there's people who like if they're voted in their local election, like, you know, if you, um, so they have a list, right? So they have a national list, but they also have people get voted directly, right? If you, um, if you're the, 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 the Bundestag candidate, you know, so my hometown of Duisburg has two. Uh, north and South, right? If you if you if you get voted there directly, that is your seat. And then there's an interplay between the nationalists. And it's also it's all very very complicated. Uh, bottom line is only the seats count. That's like if you're talking about the government, only the seats count. Those are the people sitting in the Bundestag, and they're the ones uh, deciding. What the government's going to be? We don't know. You know, it's this is going to. This is now a process that's probably going to take months to figure this out. I will keep you posted uh, as soon as we have a government, or as soon as we don't have a government, and we'll we'll talk about at the end of this uh, what that might mean. Uh, but you know, I'll, I'll keep you posted about that. Um, before we wrap it up, I want to get into some more. I thought uh, what were some interesting tidbits that happened around this election as well. So first thing was scarcely reported outside of Germany. I think I found a story which isn't very good uh, from Deutsche Welle, which is kind of used to be German government propaganda. You know, they write a lot of stories about Germany in English. Um, They used to be like the um, government-sponsored broadcaster that did English-language news about Germany. Um, Well, they still do that, but now it's more news. Like for at, what's it, 10 years or something that actually now a relatively respectable news organization that they used to be more akin to like Voice of America, you know, which used to be owned by the CIA. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. But, you know, that's the best thing I found. It was uh, extensively reported on in Germany. Anyway, Deutsche Welle says, uh, the top election official in the city of Berlin stepped down from her role on Wednesday after she faced heavy criticism for chaotic polling stations during Germany's federal elections on Sunday. Some Berlin residents had to wait in long lines for up to two hours to make their voices heard on Sunday. Other Berlin voters were forced to wait until after 6 p.m. to cast their ballots when polling stations were supposed to have closed. You're actually not legally allowed to, vote after that time Uh, the fact that multiple elections were happening simultaneously along with coronavirus restrictions and shortages of ballot paper were believed to have caused the disruption the first part is bullshit because there's always I mean this year there were a lot of elections simultaneously but that happens almost everywhere or like happens a lot so that's I don't think that's a good um, excuse a major marathon in Berlin taking place on election day also put a strain on city authorities. Yeah, well, yeah. You fuck, that up yourself. Like, who plans? Okay, I'm not a fan of Berlin. I think it's a shithole. I think most people that know me know this. Uh, it's a clusterfuck. And who the fuck plans a marathon on, ele- on the federal election day? Also, when you know you have multiple elections, because it's a supervalia, as we call it. It's super voting year. Um, Idiots. You fucking idiots. Um, Anyway, uh, an initial probe into the election chaos by officials found problems at around 100 of the 2,257 polling centers in Berlin. The results from a full investigation into the disruption are expected next week. Yeah, so the... um, yeah, the, the the this this actually leaves out, which I why I think it's not a good story. It also goes into some other stuff that's really not important, and it's like I don't know. It it, it feels anyway. Let's not get into that. Um, I don't think it's a very good story. Like the main important part they leave out is that some people actually couldn't vote. Like not only did people vote after the, you know, the hour we're not supposed to vote anymore. Um, some people actually didn't w- weren't able to cast their votes uh, the problem seems to be that um, so the uh, the the violator the the woman who was was and her second also a woman uh, who were uh, She she was supposed to organize this uh, set they had enough ballot paper they just couldn't like they printed it all they just couldn't distribute it also there were like 200 different versions for some reason because there's so many fucking elections and shit going on and it just uh, it was just a clusterfuck now I don't think this was malicious I don't think there's anybody uh, messing with the election I think this is the German the the Berlin uh, city government being absolutely uh, overwhelmed and not knowing what they're doing because I mean hello, we need this, this federal election was, would come for, like, four years now. Like, you know, we know what date it is for, like, a year ahead of time. Like, you fucking need to get this solved. Um but you know Germans are supposed to be so efficient sometimes we aren't like i i was uh, posting actually on twitter because i mean this is this shit is the reason why you vote by mail right because you don't want to s- like i don't even want to go to the fucking uh, vo- voting booth but yeah, you don't want to stand there in the street for like 4 hours like what the fuck just vote by mail okay and so people if people don't know in germany we're registered with so in germany when you move you have to you have to mandatorily register your new place of Uh, Residents, two uh, weeks—you know—in the two weeks after you move, you legally have to do this. Otherwise, you can be fined, Uh, and and worse things can happen. And you have to go to like an office and tell them where you live, and they change your ID card and everything. So the German government knows where everybody lives. That means if an election is coming up, they send you your. So they send you a piece of paper, that you can take on voting day into the ballot place. And you give them that, and they give you that piece of paper that has all the uh, all the different people you can vote for on that you put the cross on, right? Uh, but that piece of paper you can also put in an envelope, and and you know you you say, okay, I want to vote by mail, and you sign it and you send, put it in an envelope and send it off, and you actually that envelope, uh, well, I was pissed off in Düsseldorf because for the first time, usually there's an envelope in there that is like that you can put your the thing in and send it off, and it's free. Like, you don't have to pay for it. They didn't have that fucking envelope in this law, so I was pissed off there. Um, but then you send that off, and then they send you that piece of paper that you get in the voting booth that you vote on, right? the paper record, and you get that, you fill that out, and there's, like, a system, there's, like, all these three envelopes you put you put the thing in one envelope then you put the other th- have another piece of paper it's germany that you need to sign in with the first envelope in the second envelope and then you put that in the third envelope and then you send it off and then you vote it now what cracked me up is that they you now after i was pissed off that they didn't give me an envelope to send it back for free which usually they do the, the dusseldorf people were so dumb they had like the vote like the you know you have a piece of paper. It's like an A4 piece of paper, except it's longer. Um, that you That is pre-folded. That folds up. And then you have an envelope you're supposed to put that in. And the envelope was smaller. It wasn't as wide as the fucking pa- Like, if you have an A... How hard is that? If you have a fucking A4 format paper, there's A4 envelopes. Like, the envelope didn't fit. I'm like, what the fuck? We're supposed to be like this advanced, um, very, very efficient country. And they fucking design a voting slip that doesn't like f- doesn't fit in the fucking envelope i mean uh, but that's that's neither here nor that i obviously had problems in berlin <laughs> but that's why you vote by mail. it works it works very well um so that's one thing that happened um another thing that i found oh another thing that i wanted to answer is because i, lo- I had a lot of questions about this um uh super user says uh, i had one of those for my local election it was honestly kind of complicated i can see someone who wasn't careful failing the last step if you put it in you'd have to rip up your envelope to read the instructions uh yeah uh yes you can fail this and it's very complicated but it's also very very clearly explained like on on that fucking envelope they explain like what envelope to put in what they're all color coded and it's like very very clear it's like they're explaining it to a 3 year old just you have to be able to follow these instructions, right? So that's a bit harder than to go into the ballot box, but it's not like, right? I've, I I don't know anybody who's never who's hasn't, hasn't been able to do this, and you can get somebody to help as well, or you could just have somebody vote for you if you wanted to. I don't recommend that. Um, ah, yeah, the color coding was dodgy for us. They also used weirdly fancy language. Well, yeah, you they used, yeah, yeah they used proper German. I'm Deutsch. Like the German bureaucrat speaks. Um but if you think that is hard, uh, anything, you know, when I moved to the UK and I was I was I moved to the UK as a professional journalist. So I was writing news stories. Right. And I was told by several people, um actually that worked there, that I was better than a lot of the actual native speakers there before me. Just like my language was better. But then you get a fucking letter from the British government. And that's just like a different kind of language. Like fucking tax German. Oh, oh my God. We had to do taxes when I was in Australia. My, I, it's like I couldn't. I, like I speak English very well. I've been doing podcasts in English for like five years. I can't fucking. I don't understand what they're trying to. Like, what does the sentence mean? <laughs> yeah, it's bureaucrat speech. I think that's bad everywhere. SLC says people can't follow IKEA instructions. IKEA instructions are horrible. IKEA instructions have a shit... There's some people who use, like, the UX for IKEA instructions for, like, other things. Like, nerdy stuff. It's the shittiest UX ever. Like, they literally, like, they put two screws next to each other that look exactly the same in the fucking instruction. And one is, like, twice as long as the other one if you actually figure it out like that that is not a good example ikea is fucking horrible like not really <laughs> so lego instruction yes uh, use uh, kobe kobe instructions are excellent anyway let's let's um get to the point here a lot of people talk to me uh or asked me who I voted for. And I wrote, and uh, before the election, I actually wrote in a blog article in German on my blog about this. It's linked in the show notes in this case you speak German. Private citizen on the press. Um, but it's I probably worth reiterating. So I, I voted for a small party. Uh, they're called Team Totenhofer, which is a horrible name. They sound, Totenhofer sounds like a Nazi general. Um, uh, that's actually my voting slip there. Allegedly. I don't think you're allowed to do that. <laughs> For some weird reason. Um uh, yeah, that's the team Totenhofer sounds like it's an SS Totenkopf Schwadron fucking general. Uh, and he's a fucking publicist. He used to be journalist, and I you know how I feel about other journalists. But uh he founded like this little small party and it has like really good things I really like, like in his program. So basically I didn't. There's an app which actually uh, for research purposes installed and tried out. It's called Vote Swiper. It's basically Tinder for your voting. And it does like the old thing They they ask the parties the same questions. And, you, you know, you answer the, the 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 questions and it matches you with the answers from the parties. And they were like, so your top uh, choice with 82% uh, agreeable, whatever, rate is uh, Team Tottenham. And I was like, who the fuck is, is that? I've never heard of those. What the fuck? Um, and uh, CDU would actually be in the second. So I think I'm officially conservative now. Um, CDU, FDP, um, yeah. But, yeah. But SPD is kind of the same. So I'm like in the middle between the big parties. Um, anyway, so, so this was by my biggest match. I'm Usually I don't like these apps. I think they've very, they're not very good, but they told me of a new party. And then I went, I did what I always do and what I recommend, go there, read their party program. Actually, not that long, generally, uh, and very understandable. This party program, you could tell the guy is a fucking journalist because it was ama- It was really well written, like some really good stuff in there. Not only like the points, but also like literally well written. Um, yeah, and they had some cool things, you know, like uh change the 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 period people get elected to for five years and then they can also only be voted for two periods of those uh, they want they wanted to, to outlaw all uh party um donations over five thousand euros um you know get make the make the tax law in germany which is horrible easy a lot of a lot easier uh less taxes for like middle uh, you know uh the 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 middle class basically so me yes I need less taxes fuck I get taxed so much um they wanted to get rid of the, the church tax which I really like um and they want to get rid of one third of all bureaucracy in Germany. I don't know how they're gonna do that, but I thought it was uh, it was a laudable goal. Um and they wanted to change in Germany you have something called social uh Soziale Marktwirtschaft which is basically uh a, a social uh capitalism, for lack of a better term. They wanted to build that into an ecologically social uh, capitalism. I I thought that was also a good idea. I didn't really agree with the analysis of the SARS-CoV-2 situation, but, you know, you can't get everything. Anyway, just, you know, general thing that they're like Europe. Um, They want, um, in foreign policy, they want us to treat Russia like we treat the U.S., which is something I've, I've said for years. Um, they want to get rid of uh, a lot of the uh, German military um, outlaw exports of weapons from Germany uh, and finally outlaw all uh, deployments of the German army um, outside of Germany, which is actually what the our constitution says, which Schroeder argued around pretty much. Um, and we've been doing it ever since. So I, I think that uh, that's a good idea there. Like They're kind of, you know, they're... Emphasized they believe in the German army, but they wanted to be like you know like the Japanese basically their the home defense army, which I think is a good idea. And they were very clear that they're against all kinds of like you know xenophobia or you know like they say ra- racism. Um, and they actually say in the in they they actually have written in their party program something. I always say you know that racism is uh, a term invented by the Nazis, which you know that was a, like a somewhat legitimate scientific theory back then you know the whole phrenology bullshit and you know that actually races of humans which is bullshit if you figure it out it's scientifically absolutely dumb and idiotic so we shouldn't use the term racism um at all because it's basically uh, you know using a term um the nazis uh, pushed and there is no human there's no races in humans <laughs> there's not even you know that's it's like breeds in dogs it's like scientifically idiotic um, so it's, uh, yeah, so I, I really like that. I like the whole program, and it was very important to me, uh, something that, you know, I mentioned Herr Stein before. He did a very intelligent uh, video, uh, also in German. I'm not going to link it, but, like, basically, he um, said you need to vote, a, like, a small party. So, like, pick some small party that probably has no chance to get into the Bundestag, but, like, we need to, like, basically his point was all these other parties, all the ones I talked about, this whole show, the conservatives, the the Labour Party, the Liberals, the Greens, the AfD, all of these guys, the left, they're all shit, and they're proven shit because we've been voting for them for decades. He's about as old as I am, so he goes like, "We've been voting for these for decades. They're all shit." They, 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 are, are, Look at Germany. Our fucking infrastructure is broken. Um, we're like, our internet connections are a joke in Europe. Like we're we're fucked uh, when it comes to like high-speed internet. Uh, like, this is all Merkel's doing, right? We have... So, under Merkel, like, in, in this blog post, I, I made the um the analysis that under that Schröder, we, we were leading almost the world in renewable energies. Then Merkel goes, dials that all back, invests into coal plants and nuclear power plants. That was a big part of their plan. Fukushima happens. Then she's like, we're going to turn off all nukes. And they're like... She, it's like it's like it's an absolutely disastrous energy policy that left germany basically at the behest of the russians or the americans because we now need natural gas which you can either get from putin which makes sense because he's just over there or from the americans where they have to get fucking tankers over the over the ocean to get us like but we are beholden to somebody um which which is a horrible policy um they said like the this party i voted for specifically said they they think that climate change exists and that we should do something against it but they said that for example electronic vehicles are totally idiotic and they're just like a solution for rich people to make to you know to feel good and to have like a oh i'm doing good i'm a good person like virtual signaling basically which is something i i i totally agree with as well um so, yeah, I, I think um, my my idea was just vote vote none of these idiots that are proven idiots and vote somebody else. And this party obviously didn't go to the Bundestag, uh, but I think they got enough votes to get some advertising. You basically, if you get a certain threshold of votes, uh, you get money from the state for, to run your party and to uh, advertise next time. Um, Strengthen the right to repair. Repair instead of replace the super user. Yes, that's one of my big focuses as well. Like, you know, people go like, oh, you're, fu- you're driving a 20-year-old car. That is bad for the planet. No, it fucking isn't. You buying a new electronic, like you bought like a fucking hybrid and now you're buying a full electronic, you're buying cars every two years or three years or four years. That's fucking bad for, that's idiotic. Right? I have stuff that works and I'm going to repair it. I've got this fucking iPhone that... Ah! <laughs> Shit. I just spilled some tea. Oh no! Put my notes! Ah Uh bear with me while I clean this up. I was being agitated. I was like, fuck this! This fucking iPhone Man ah. Don't? Okay. It's all on the floor. I'm gonna clean this up after the show. Ah. Okay. Um, where were we? This fucking iPhone. I was like, this iPhone, I was pulling it out and it was on a string. Like, on a. It's, it's charging because its battery is fucked, but I'm gonna have that repaired. That was my point. And then that pulled over uh, my mug and that spilled everything. <laughs> I have this iPhone. Breaks iPhone. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I'm just gonna have to clean up this desk because it's, um, it's gonna ruin the varnish uh but then i'm gonna finish the show quickly i'm not gonna i'm not gonna edit this this is gonna be this is what it is it is what it is this is me live and in color um yeah so you know repair things it's very important it's good that's the policy get the socks as oh you remember the sock the beer sock (laughs) i actually have tissues right now so that's that's good um uh, a super user actually asked, "Get rid of the church tax, as in not church, not tax churches anymore." No, no, no. In Germany, uh, if you part of the if you, so, because the government knows you they they have all this data about yes, It's always been the same, right? They know what religion you are, and by default, you actually pay uh, a, pa- a tax. The government collects with all the other taxes, collects taxes, and if you're Catholic, it goes to the Catholic Church. And he's like, "That's really unfair. Like, why do we co- like?" They were saying, I'm actually against religion, but this party was saying, we're not against religion, but, like, why do we do this for the Catholics and the Protestants and not for the Muslims or the Jews or, I don't know, the Scientology people or uh, Rastafarians or fucking Judaism? Like, why? This is really unfair. And I think, yeah, true. Fucking churches, if they want money, they can get their money however they want. Anyway, if you speak German, uh, I've linked this blog post. I go into it a little bit more and um there's also the video i just saw uh, is also linked there from Steine, which is worth watching if you speak german um but anyway that's it for me for this topic um wh- well it, well no there's one point i just realized uh, before we wrap this up um answering the question what will happen if this if this if the coalition um talks fail um well if that happens uh, actually, this they went interesting this, this time because they started off with the Greens and the FDP, which generally don't have enough, a lot in common, talking to each other first. They were like, we're going to talk to each other. And then we talk to the CU and the SPD, uh, which was very smart because th- th- that way they're like, OK, we are the kingmaker. Right. We can figure out what we have in common and then we can actually because otherwise there would always be the weaker party in the coalition. Um, and so together, they're kind of like they're pooling resources, they're pooling their seats. So I thought that was kind of cool, kind of kind of good move by them. Um, I don't know, we'll we'll see um, if no government can be formed, which is I think has never happened in the history of the Federal Republic. Um, then we will have a re-election. Um, so what happens is um, Merkel and her cabinet stays in power um, until somebody Armin Laschet probably or uh, no it's probably uh, going to be um, why have I forgotten his name my fucking former mayor god it's I put it down here somewhere didn't I Um, Olaf Scholz uh, probably Olaf Scholz or Armin Laschet uh, will be you know, say, okay, I'm going to be chancellor. I have this coalition government. And then that needs to be ratified by our Bundespräsident, who is uh, our actual head of state, uh, who is largely, um, representative, but one of his things is like the chancellor goes to him and says, this is the government. And then he just ratifies that. And then that's the new government. And if that doesn't happen, if the talks stall and everybody says, we can't work this out, um, then we don't have. Yeah, then we'll have new elections. Um, which is gonna be unprecedented. I don't think that's gonna gonna happen. So I'm I would think uh it's gonna be traffic night. I don't think I think Scholz is uh by far the more, more confident of the two uh possible chancellors. I think Laschet, because he lost, you know, the CDU lost that many votes. Um, and he, it was largely put on his shoulders because he um, was in Northern. Irish, he's he's the um, the president of State of Northern Australia right now, which is my federal state. And everybody said he mishandled mis- the coronavirus pandemic situation. I don't know how he that he did that. I don't think it went worse in Northern Australia. Obviously, we had the first outbreak here, but like we're by f- we're like one of the biggest federal states, and we're by far the most populous. We have like the Ruhr area, which is like this huge metropolitan area. You know, which basically equivalent of L.A. Uh, for German standards. And um it's just like, it's just not comparable um to other federal states. Right. And so it's like, I don't think actually he did something. He, he really did something wrong, but he had that image. So I think, I think Scholz is much more likely. I think this coalition, I mean, both of these coalitions are relatively, they're untested and relatively... Shaky, I would say, but you know, I think that's a good thing. I, I don't. Maybe they're not going to last, right? That's the thing that could happen. I, I, I definitely think we'll have a government. um I don't think there's going to be a revote, um, but you know, it could be that we have a government that just falls apart after a year or even like a few months, rather right? like we can't make, and then we vote again. Um, actually, I think technically, then they the other people could go and try to form a government. Um. But that also never re really, I don't think that has happened before. Um so we, we yeah, you know, we don't know. But I'll I'll keep you I'll keep you informed. I'll let you know. Um I'll 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 do more about this um as it comes up. And uh, that's for the that's it for this topic. Let's get into the feedback because you know I've I've been offline quite a quite a lot, so um I have quite a lot of feedback to go through. <laughs> And that was kind of a pump fake. Um, yeah, he laughed during the flood, says to rest him. His son did shady deals during the pandemic. Yeah, but like, you know, first of all, he's a CDU politician. So they all do, no, everybody does shady. Like the flood is another thing where like he mishandled that. Like what the fuck? It was like water coming from the sky running to, you know, it's like he is not very good at giving the impression that he's doing the right thing, right? So so famously, Helmut Schmidt, uh, in the flood in Hamburg, which was a lot less dangerous because a lot, lot, lot less people died, uh, but, it, you know, it was huge back then. Um, he, uh, you know, it's debatable how much he actually did, but he, like used that like he put himself in the right light same with Schröder when there was like a flood in the east and like you can do it the right way and you can do it the wrong way you know this is it's not a german thing either like you know george w bush uh was it with katrina um you know you can you can just you can just go there and handle it the wrong way and lush it is just like he's he's his like his name sounds lush in german means uh like kind of does that actually how do you translate that What does that actually mean? Let's look it up. Um, Lackadaisical, basically. And his name's Laschet. So he sounds like he's like Johnny Lackadaisical. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so he, you know, they're both politicians. I just think Schultz is a much, much more smarter and and, and tough guy. And he knows what he's doing. And he has a lot more experience... You know as a as a mayor in hamburg and as a minister and as the the vice can- chancellor he's, he's you know you he know he, he gives the impression um to be to to know what what he's doing right um i don't know so with the floods i don't think it really was a, like you know if anybody's at fault it's the fucking like local politicians who you know in the places where they you know it, If you look at it, it's not surprising that that at some point there was going to be a flood there and they had the data and they just didn't do anything about it. So they're they're the fucking idiots who failed people. But, you know, it's all... um, It's all... Water under the bridge. I just think it's it's he's 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 less likely to do this. But anyway, let's get into the feedback. That's why we're here. Actually, I was kinda of doing a pump fake because I'm actually gonna do just do two pieces of feedback. I just want to keep this show short. Also, I had a very long day, as you can tell by and a very strenuous day, as you can tell by me spilling everything all over the place. Um uh yes, so um I, I wanna kinda of wanted to keep this short a little bit. So I'm gonna have two pieces of feedback. I got a lot more um, over the break, I I put that in a safe place, and I'm, we're gonna get to it um, again. I'm gonna try to do some extra episodes here if I can, and then I'll be happy to have some feedback. Um, you know, if I do a surprise episode, there's usually no feedback for that, obviously. So uh, first of all, let's get to Fadi Fadi Mansour, uh, long-time supporter of the show, producer, who says, "Dear Fab, dear Mike, first of all, so this is the referring to the episode with." Uh, Mike, that I did, which was, God, I did so many episodes. Before, well, not so many, but I did several episodes before I left. I can't keep them apart. Uh, the Sausage Wars, episode 86. Um, uh, dear Fab, dear Mike, first of all, Army of Geese, Honk. Yeah, thanks for listening to the whole, whole episode there, Friday. Um, thank you for the long episode. Thank you both for the interesting discussion. Also, a happy birthday to your grandma, Fab. Yeah, my uh, grandma. Fab, (laughs) your grandma Fab. Um, Yes, my grandma turned uh, a hundred recently, which uh, I'm very proud of. She's she's an amazing person. Bro blog post about that. Link in the show notes. Nice picture of her uh, on her motorbike in her twenties, and then the picture of her where I gave her. I had uh, Marina Amaral, who is a uh, very good uh, colorist. She she, um, does like historic research and then colors old black and white photos, like colorizes them, and I had her do that. Um, yes, so my grandma's amazing. Anyway, uh, I can't comment on the EU. I'm still trying to take a position on this. On one hand, I'm general against, generally against big government, but at the same time, I also get that there are a lot of benefits of having a common market. Let's hope that the end result would be to benefit the people, not the politicals," says Fadi. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I I agree. I'm also in two minds, as you probably heard in that episode. Um, I mean, you could have, and this is also something the AFD kind of wants, so I don't know how I feel about that, but like, there is is the idea that you could have the EU go back to just being an economic union. Um, I don't know how I feel, but as you can tell from that discussion with Mike, I'm also in two minds about that. Uh, Anyway, Fadi goes on, jumping to episode 87, and regarding Fab's conspiracy theory about Afghanistan, I also read a JC Dvorak's newsletter, and I have to agree, it's the only explanation that makes some kind of sense. Later on, there was a discussion about advertisements and sites, so news websites. From my point of view, sites need an income, and at the moment, selling customer data and analytics seems the only source of value that they can get from their non-paying users. So in order to replace advertisements as a source of income, there should be an alternative. I feel that something related to cryptocurrencies and mining might be a good candidate for that. We'll see. And thanks for your feedback, Fadi. Um, as always, uh, a pleasure. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I think maybe as technologists we think too technological attempts. I think the solution is just that people need to pay for news, which is not that crazy an idea. People have been doing that for hundreds of years, right? That's what newspapers used to be. That you know, before there were newspapers before advertising. You just pay for the fucking newspaper. Um, Maybe the publishers need to take less of a cut. Maybe we need to get rid of publishers, as I I also said uh, in the past. I don't know. I I just feel like is people paying for news. Um, You know, there's this thing people always say, like if you want quality, you have to pay for something. Maybe that's the same with journalism. Anyway, I also got uh, a message from Cam, which I found interesting. I think this was more meant... You know, I don't know if if uh, they meant it to be public, but I I don't th- see anything why I shouldn't you know talk about this because I think it's very interesting and it brings up a possible future topic. So Cam says uh, to have a bit more privacy, I started using simplelogin.com. So this is about to point in the show uh, to give Patreon a unique email, and I use privacy.com to give Patreon a unique credit card. This should prevent them from collating my payments and building a profile. We talked about you know that kind of stuff. Uh, on the show before uh, i stopped using paypal because they partnered with the anti-defamation league to prevent hate groups yeah that so that is a good point actually might not solve all the problems but should help help a little so i have probably heard of privacy.com before can't remember uh but i should have and i should talk about this this is like a thing where you can have you know i think you can give them your credit card number, they have your credit card. And then they have like special, like credit cards, virtual credit cards, right? That you can use that are valid credit card numbers and whatever. And to the to the vendor, it looks like you are paying with a normal credit card, but they can't track them because you can give everyone their own credit card. So I, I'll have to look into this. Obviously, they can probably track um, your purchases because they have the actual credit card number but maybe they can't. I'll, I'll have to look into this. I think it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good, good point here. I think we should look into this for a future topic. Also, you know, if it makes, you know, this is a privacy conscious show and I was talking about how, you know, it's important for you to support it. If I can make that more privacy friendly, uh, obviously I will. I will try to do that. So um, I think it's a good thing. Um, SuperUser says, SuperUser today with all the information, there is service that masks your phone number and card number. They also have breach reporting for sensitive info like emails, card and phone numbers, but U.S. only. Well, you know, it won't help me. I know them from native advertising on podcasts.
1: Ooh,
0: <laughs> not a friend of native native advertising. But you know, um, you know, it doesn't help me if they use only. But it would help people in the U.S. So I'm going to look at that. I think it's a good topic. Um, So just be wary. Maybe it's like the VPN industry which also advertises for influencers. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I wrote a blog post about this recently because of like some really... Some email spammer got from a VPN provider that really pissed me off, uh, but that's not neither here nor there. I think this is interesting, and I put it on the list of stuff to talk about for the future. And as I said, that I'm wrapping up with those that feedback. Got more feedback, so if you wrote me, don't worry, I got your uh, got your email. And so the thing is, if I don't answer you, chances are. I'm keeping it to talk about it on the show because I can't just like double the effort, right? If I talk about it on the show, I'm thinking like you'll listen to it. So just, you know, if you don't hear from me, it'll, it's got, probably going to come up uh, in the show in the future. Um, Please link it. I'm sick to fucking death of VPN ads. Okay, there's another link I'll have to put in the show notes, um, but I'll give it to you in Twitch chat as well. Well, because you gave me so much information. I'm just going to my blog and scrolling through all the shit I wrote. It's a picture of Bismarck, obviously. Uh, it's a blog story. It's on Industries, which is my blog. It's called The Latest in Sleazy CEO, C, SEO Scams. Sorry. CEO scams are something very different, uh, SEO SEO scams. Basically, um, somebody, a PR company who's been hired, I guess, by, the, by a VPN provider, and they're pretending to be a student uh, and uh, my, my website is, uh, is, is actually well written. I actually nearly fell for it until I saw like the sender email address. But anyway, uh, more on that in that blog post, all the links will be uh, on Um And with that, I'm gonna have to talk a little bit more about supporting the show. what the show by going to private system press and click on contact in the very top um which brings you to a page that summarizes contact information which is this is important because i need feedback i I need you to disagree with me if you disagree with me and i think that's content for the show also if you don't want it to be on the show you can say so and i will honor that um, but i please also give me uh things you want to you want me to talk about because you know i mean i have topics My, that's not the problem and you don't need to outsource like the list of topics for the show is like uh if I do four shows a month, we'll I have half a year of topics easily. Um, but you know, I prefer like also if somebody, if if producers, listeners give me topics, I will uh move them ahead in the line because I think you know I wanna I wanna do the stuff you find interesting. Um but if that's too tedious and you just want to give me money, I'm not gonna be uh opposed to that um, so you can as as cam does you can become a patron on patreon which is kind of cool for me um, because it uh, is a subscription thing it can be like a dollar a month but it helps um it helps keep the show on the air and helps me put food on the table and justify that i spent hours and hours and hours a week doing this um, or you can use PayPal if you don't, you know, of course eh, that anti-defamation league censorship bullshit is, is not good, but if you want to use PayPal, you can do so producers at fab.industries. It's just like the easiest way it works for most people. If you want to have a one-off support payment for the show, you can do that. This is the value for value model is pioneered by the uh, no agenda show, which means that you get this for free and then you like. Mm, maybe I got some value from it. let me give some value back, but you don't have to um but you know I think paying for stuff generally uh would make the world a lot better if we all start doing this um and I try to do this uh I try to uh, for years now I've tried to support other creators um with you know let's face it, I don't have that much money i'm I'm a journalist I'm not doing this job to get rich um it's the wrong job for that. If I wanted money, I would have crossed over to the evil side and be doing PR. Right. I would be one of those fuckers writing these scary fucking emails. Um, but I, I just, I can't, I could like, um, there's this thing where people say I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I probably could do that because let's face it. I'm damn good looking. <laughs> no, uh, but, uh, I just like my, my spleen would, would dissolve or something. I think I would get tumors in my stomach uh i don't i don't i don't want to i don't want to do that shit anyway there are people who are actively working to keep me from that dark side and that spline, spleen bursting future of mine and who support this show, and I am therefore, therefore very thankful to those, so I would like to shout them all out. So thanks to Georges, steve Hose, Butterbeans, Jonathan M. Heavy, Michael Mullen Jensen, Dave, Michael Small, 1i11g, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Jackie Plage, Philip Klostermann, IKN, Bennett Piata, Kaisius, Tobias, Fadi Mansour, Rodain the Insane, Joe Poser, Dirk Didi, Mot 7 Sandman616, David Potter, Mika, Rizal, Martin, Avis, Mr. Amish, Dave Amrish, Drive Zero, Rookie M. Cam, Barry Williams, Jonathan, Captain At, RJ Tracy, Rick Brack, D, Robert Forster, Superuser No Reply, and Astral C, who is, was also in chat today. Uh, I thank all of you um, very much. And Superuser, of course, with lots of information. Um, I thank you. Thank you for uh, for keeping the show on the air and supporting this episode. Also, I would like to thank my Twitch subscribers because I'm streaming this, obviously, on Twitch. I didn't stream a few episodes there because I was kind of trying to get them out before I had to get on the plane to Spain. Plane, plane to Spain uh, to get to the Chiringuito. Um, <laughs> love that. Chiringuito is such a good... Uh, the whole concept is amazing. Fuck, I missed the Chirungito. Um, I missed that fucking beach. Yeah, the sun, man. The fucking, ah, it was so good. The palms, we went to Elche, uh, Elche uh, which is a town uh, next to um, Alicante, which has like the biggest, it's the palmaral, it's the biggest palm guy. Gar- I love palm trees. I love palm trees so much. I actually have a, literally have a tattoo of a palm tree. Uh, on my left shoulder um, and they have like this huge palm tree garden It was amazing anyway uh, where was I twitch subscribers thank you because you're supporting the show and yes you can do that with amazon prime then it's kind of free to you because you get one subscription free with prime but you have to do it every month but thanks to you my twitch subscribers you're doing it uh, you're supporting the show as well those people are Mike the Dane, JonathanMH, underscore com, com, IndieGameEx, Halifa, Sandman616, Centurio Purchase, Bacon the Pork, Mode7 is unavailable, El just Jim is also in Twitch chat today, and Gal Terran. You have a mini palm tree behind you too, says Superior, because, you know, streaming this on Twitch video. Uh, that's a banana plant, which, I mean, yes. I love it because it looks like a palm tree, a little bit technically not a palm tree. Fucking palm trees wouldn't grow here. But, I mean, I love just... It makes me happy. makes It makes me happy. I I I, I see a palm tree and I'm like, ah, oh, chiringuito. it's the sun. Just give me a beer. Just let me lie down with my Cobra in the sand, naked, cracking open a stubby. So good. Anyway, I need to thank Bindmark as well. At uk. they are providing me and have been doing this for years with the servers uh to serve you the audio files for the podcast so they're a uk cloud hosting company they're amazing i love them isn't it's counted as a giant weed? the yeah it's a staude in german uh what is that uh staude plants are weird categorization is a, a forb um yeah shrub i don't know no idea uh, I know that palm trees are technically not trees, uh, because they don't work like a tree at all. They're just like this plant that keeps growing up, and builds like this trunk. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're not technically. Just look it up. But you know, palms are. amazing. palms are just. They're just beautiful. Um, I'm, I'm watching a lot of uh, Miami Vice right now as well. It also makes me happy. It's just like palm trees. I'm like, ah, oh, nice. Anyway. I need to wrap this up. Um, I'm going to be back with regular releases now. Uh, that's the plan. And, uh, oh, yeah, thanks to Raul, Raul Cabezali, who's probably also from Spain. I have no fucking idea. He he recorded and wrote and whatever the song I'm using, Acoustic Roots. That's the theme song. It's very traditional Spanish guitar. And, you know, the name Raul, Raul, as Dr. Disrespect would say, Raul. Maybe he's, maybe he's Portuguese. I don't know. Uh, thank you for this song. It's fucking amazing. Anyway, I'm going to play us out with a different song because I've been doing that because Epidemic Sound and I've licensed some music. Um, they're not these fuckers who go around saying people. You can actually fucking li- license their music and use it in a podcast, which is the future. Just pay a little bit of money, get some music that you can actually use. Um, so I'm going to play us out with a song called Tightrope by uh, Van Syke. And uh, I thought this was very apt uh, to the <laughs> to the coalition, like the building that, that's going on right now, like the building of a German government. I thought this song um, epitomizes that. Um, so I'll see you soon. Probably next Wednesday. Uh, yeah, probably won't get a show before that, but I'm going to try to do some extra shows. Anyway, uh, see you around. Have a good one. Aim to misbehave. Plant a palm tree even though it's not Technic theatre.